they have this uh, cure, well not a cure, at least a treatment. Where they give you electroshocks. <laughs> and you're, they, 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 they shock your brain. Yeah, but that's in in order to, because apparently it's the the nerve, in from your ear to your brain, that's insufficiently stimulated, and your brain compensates. Okay. So what they do is they stimulate that. They stimulate that nerve with electroshocks. And I saw one. I saw one like video online where like I forget what it was, but like you hold your fingers in a certain position, and then yeah. you like you snap it onto the back of your head. For like five minutes. Yeah, I've seen. I I I I I can feel that because if I push in a certain part of my brain, it, it's less. Yeah. Oh yeah. I yeah. That. Ah, <laughs> that's gonna be a good intro. Yeah. Tinnitus. <laughs> if you got tinnitus, email us at larryandmonkeyslot@gmail.com. Yeah, father was just telling us about this like partial lobotomy you can get that like fixes the tinnitus. <laughs> Yeah, you well, actually, stick, it is. It is. It is a bit of, there's, there's another. There's another treatment where they cut that nerve that's understimulated. Oh, Dude, we're just going right back to but the that 1950s. Means, but that means man. you go deaf. You're deaf in that ear. So the choice is. <laughs> that's not the, the choice is you know a, a high pitched whiny, <laughs> deep in your ear full time or nothing at all. Or just deaf. Yeah, well, I mean, there's some people who have it so bad. Like I know for a I, fact, I I can understand. Our drummer has it so I bad that he needs to sleep with white noise, or otherwise it annoys him. Well, I I, I mean, that's I'm, his fault. You know, but so. I I could be there. I could get. I could use white noise. Yeah, get some whale sounds. No, just white noise. <laughs> like that. <laughs> Pops, can I just, for level's sake, ask you what you had for breakfast this morning? Fruit and yogurt and granola and coffee and lots of coffee and oh. more coffee. Breakfast of champions. <laughs> uh, breakfast of champions. That's good. And what about you? Now, what did you have I think I'm all right, but I, I, got, I just had uh, Trezor. I had Kellogg's Trezor, or as they're known in the States, Crave yeah. with a K. Is that new? Oh, really? No, that's old school. I remember when it first came out, that was a while ago. They're like the little yellow, they're the little yellow squares with like chocolate in them. Oh, super delicious. So bad for you. Actually, they're less bad for you than extra. You know, like the granola, the extra that comes in like the bag? In terms of just pure sugar and fat content, extra is worse for you per serving than the Crave is. But the Crave in the States is not the same as the Crave here. Crave in the States is like this nacho orange, really small little squares. Yeah, and those, here are they're not, like, those are no good. They're not the those same. And probably good. made with... Um, Cornstarch and beet sugar, yeah. uh, cane sugar, sugar yeah. cane. Whereas yeah. here it's made with beet sugar, which is why the Coke tastes different. As yeah, well. and high fructose corn syrup. It's all about them high fructose corn syrup. So yeah. All right, little disclaimer from the get go. <laughs> I think this is going to be our most roomy episode, the most cavernous sounding yeah, that's episode. <laughs> that's true. Because we are now officially recording in the fifth space <laughs> since the beginning of starting the yeah. episodes. Because we've done it in my office twice. We've done it yeah. in the little mad quarters, the editing suite, yeah. twice. Yeah. Twice? Twice. Yeah, yeah, twice. Twice. But now we felt that we needed to be slightly more social distance. Yeah, keep that distance. Because we're, we're riding that second wave. Oh, second wave man. of the Rones. Grab man. your surfboards. The Rones. Dude, the Rona, m m m m my Corona. <laughs> Oh, my God. Awful. That's oh, awful. Shit. So let's fly into it. Ladies yes. and gentlemen, 
<laughs> Welcome to this amazing episode of Larry Monkey Slaw because we have none other than our paternal unit and my, in English, pronunciated, pronunciated, pronounced namesake, <laughs> His Excellency Peter Maddens. What's up, pops? Hey, guys. How are you? <laughs> how are you? Good. Good. We actually, our previous guest was like, your dad would actually be a really good guest on the show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so we were like, well, he's next. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely, definitely been on the list since the get go. Yeah, since the get go. Okay. Just because there's so many interesting things that we want to ask you that we think that could uh, really fill up an episode. But we felt like we had to do it live. Like we had to do yeah. it with you yeah. in the same room. We're safely distanced from yeah. each other, sitting in a nice little triangle. But and we kept our masks on until we had to start. Yeah. So we're yeah. good. Yeah. We're good. And even though I haven't seen you for like almost a year, all we did was a little elbow touch. No hugs, no kisses. Yeah, yeah I know. That's Which and we're, sucks. And we're legally allowed to actually hug and kiss in the same bubble, but yeah, no, just well, three people. And yeah, those yeah, three yeah. people for it's, us. I'm sorry, yeah. eldest no, son. Absolutely. But my my three people are my youngest yeah. son, his wife, and his daughter. Yo, my yeah. only person because is my of the lady. daughter. Yeah. No, 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 no. It's three people outside of your household. Yeah, yeah, but that's what I'm saying. I I have it my own line so stringent that I don't do it with anybody else except my lady because at school schools yeah. are. A shit show. Um, just gotta, just gotta stay safe, man. Cause it's true. Like you gotta do it for the other people. Like yeah, you don't. Yeah. Cause ironically, like you don't give a fuck about yourself. Like people can tell you, it's like, hey, you got a tumor growing on your face, and you'll be like, don't worry about it. It's fine. <laughs> it's all good. We're all good. Like you don't care about yeah, your own yeah. shit yeah, until. But if you see somebody else who with a tumor on their face, you're like, hey, uh, you should get that checked out. Yeah. But you, you know, for some, yeah, it's like yeah. doctors never think that they can get sick. It's like smoking doctors. Like smoking, do- smoking nurses. Yeah. I was, I was thinking like smoking. No, no. When you who see who smokes like, doctors? Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, oh, I'm like, no, how do you yeah. smoke doctors? <laughs> oh like, well, I'll show you how. Yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> I have no idea. No idea. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah, I know. I had a same, I had a moment like that. It, I I installed the the Corona app thing. Like oh, the nice. Thing. I haven't done that yet. And I remember pops. We had the whole discussion about the privacy and can you trust like the software that's yeah. purchased by the governmental thing. And it was a little shaky at first with Maki doing like sure. the, the weird <clears throat> things and the, the, the servers in China. But I feel like it got cleared up and like it was like the, what you said to me and the thing that we agreed on then was like if we give away our data for free to private entities to sell exactly. to advertisers then we can give it to exactly. our government to help with the pandemic. And if you don't like what the government does with it, don't vote for them next time. Yeah. You, that's not something you can do with a private company. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, which is something that, that like surprises me so hard. Like you look at all these guys, like, because we were talking about it earlier, like not to bring in any, any hate from, from those people, but like the guys on like the QAnon, like the, the extreme conspiracy no, theorists. No, bring like, the hate. You're always so worried. Just feed those comments. All right, fine, we're not giving Facebook fine. any money. Just it's true. It's go, true. Go, 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 hate. So hate, these, okay. guys, these guys have this theory that Bill Gates created Corona just so he can create a vaccine to chip you, to put a, uh, implant you with a tracking device with a oh, chip, wow. right? That's like, that's their theory as to why Corona happened is, well, one of their theories is Bill Gates created this so that they can implant a chip into you to track you, to follow you, to read your biometrics, right? Okay. Okay. So they go digging and find all this quote-unquote, big air quotes here, evidence as to how this is a thing. And then just like two weeks ago, Dad, I don't know if you saw this, or Tompi, if you saw this, Elon Musk demoed his first um, Neuralink like the, his his idea of what he wants to be able to achieve. And he said this, like, literally his goal is for in the next five years that we don't have to talk anymore, that all we do is interface. So we oh, each Jesus have like a, a Neuralink stuck in our brain 
so that we don't have to talk. We just interface with you. So this guy's literally on display putting forward an idea like I'm literally going to put a chip in your brain and nobody's like, uh, this guy's but literally. The, but this is the, this, and this is the thing I have with Elon is like there is this whole like this, this godlike character that people have made of him. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and you know, th- those, you know, those battery mines in Congo, they're not great. No, they're not great. No, like the, no. the, the, the ultimate goal is admirable in what he's trying to achieve. Except yeah. The interfacing thing. I have no idea. Dude. That's, and it goes like, even I'll bring, weird. I'll bring a little, go a little bit further in a minute, but go ahead. But like the, it's, it's like, how do you get there? It also needs to be right. And if yeah. you still don't know how to throw away the batteries, then maybe the batteries aren't great yeah yeah well it's kind of like the 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 windmills right like we don't know how to throw away the blades we don't know what to do with them the they're not recyclable we just dig yeah. them and put them in a hole we literally yeah. dig holes and throw them in the hole yeah we don't break them down we don't do anything else but there's a more fucked up reason and this has nothing to do with elon himself but the reason he's pushing for this Neuralink thing so hard yeah. is and this is like literally like his his several interviews that he's done with joe rogan and other people he's literally said this is because AI is getting away from us. The artificial intelligence yeah, yeah. made by Google and all that stuff is getting away from us, so he's literally creating these things to plug into so we can keep up with the AI. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or at least that's what Which he's telling is us just, is the reason for selling us things that we implant. I, I mean, it, yeah. I mean, I think we could do a whole episode on just the the. Yeah, the, and we'll have an things. expert on, but now we have yeah. an expert in other things. Yeah. And um, before we start, I wanted to, there's two shout-outs. That oh, yeah, do it. Go I, for it. I, I even wrote them down a little bit. Um, one shout-out was Laura Hutchinson. Yeah, Who told us that Laura. she binged the entire, yeah. our entire th- <laughs> like, set That's of shows awesome. recently. Are you kidding me? Yeah, yeah. Wow. It, was, it was cool. Yeah, really cool. Um, and we hadn't <laughs> talked in like 10 years. No, literally, uh, the last time she sent a message was like in 2009? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, a long time ago. Yeah. Yeah. So... That was one, Laura. I hope you're listening to this, and I hope yeah. you enjoy this one. I'm sure you'll be listening. Everyone's going to be listening to this one. Everyone oh, dude, to know the juicy details of yeah. His Excellency Peter Madden. Yeah. Plus, Dad's got that fat 2K Twitter following. Is it 2K <laughs> or 6K? 6K. Oh, oh. 6K Twitter followers. <laughs> <laughs> and then one more is uh, Jill, friend of Ellen's, oh, yeah, okay. who reached out, and she actually said that like she. She's been putting on our podcast on her commutes on her way to work. Oh, dope. Uh, and she was talking about how our podcasts have helped her, like, um, be more conscious and, like, be more... Because she was more... I remember talking to Ellen about this before the whole pandemic and all this stuff. She was all like, I don't really want to know what goes on too much because it scares the shit out of me. Yeah. Uh, but now Ugh. she's actually realized, like, I'm going to be more conscious about what happens around me. And I mm-hmm. want to know what happens because it's, it influences my decisions and we need to figure yeah. this shit out. So yeah. keep doing it, Jill. That's yeah, awesome. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and find that balance. If you find yourself going into a place where you're just like, I feel anxious. I feel like I've lost control about what's happening. Yeah. And dial it back a little bit. You yeah. know, like we talked about, like, have you just a few little blocks per day where you sit down and you consume the information and then the rest you kind of leave it alone yeah speaking absolutely. about consumer information dad is social media addictive oh yeah yeah sure it is oh man <laughs> oh man yeah you gotta watch that thing the social dilemma yeah have you watched it yet seen that thing? yo no. it's, don't watch it with mom it's like yeah. one of those things that's i'm too, not planning to watch it's it too actually. scary to watch oh you should watch it <laughs> I know what it's going to tell me, so why watch it? Because it, it, like, that's what spend, I was thinking. Spend when I, the two hours to learn something new, not something you know already. Yeah, but it's, mm-hmm. I mean, like, you know it, but you don't know it. 
Because when I started watching it, I was just like, I mean, duh. Yeah, like, I know, I know this. this. I see this shit. But, like, it, it just it digs that tiny little bit. Because they're talking to the people who put it together. Like, the guys who that's created. Yeah, that's what's interesting. And they're it. literally going, yeah. they're like, I don't let my kids on social media. Because I like. Oh. That's the whole thing. Like, from the moment I heard that, and that wasn't just in the documentary. When I heard that, like, Zuckerberg and Gates yeah. and all those guys. Yeah. None of their children are on any of those devices. Yeah. Or yeah. any of the platforms they built. That says a lot yeah. about what they yeah. know they've built. Yeah. And the uh, line that really got me out of that documentary is there's two industries in the world that call their their clientele users. It's drugs and social media. Yeah. <laughs> that's it. Although we talked about drugs in the last episode. Like, let's... That's uh, true. To nuance it a little. That's ten, true. Ten, 10 or 12 years ago, one of the smartest women I know said to me, there's five things in the world that have a billion people yeah. that they identify it with. It's yeah. Christianity... Um, well, what did she say? She said, being Chinese, being Indian, being Christian, being Muslim, and Facebook. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. Which is now at 2 billion. Yeah, now it's, you know, those numbers have changed. Uh, but this was 10 years ago. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Being Chinese, being Indian, yeah. being yeah. Christian, being a Muslim, and Facebook. Yeah. yeah. I remember Al- it was Ali, Ali Chorlton, who told me about... It was Ali who told me, it's like, hey, right before she left Dar, she told me, hey, you should check out this thing called... Facebook. I remember those days. Like at the door in Dar. Like you should check out this thing called Facebook. I'm like, I don't, I don't do those. Like MySpace. High, high five. High five. MySpace. I'm like, I don't do that. That's not really a thing. And then she's like, Yeah, but we can do it to like stay in touch. And then that afternoon, I was like, www.facebook.com. And that was still in the times where you had to link your account to a school. Yeah, and it was you had to do it to a school in the states. Yeah, our school yeah. was not in that list. No. I think ours just our school is just called International Baccalaureate. Yeah, that's yeah, all exactly. it was called. <laughs> was and the the status was like I am feeling. Yeah. Dot dot dot. So you yeah. always had to figure out like what the end of that sentence was. Yeah. And sometimes some people just ignored it. Eventually, they yeah. started typing just normal statuses. Yeah. So it was like I am feeling. Yo yo, get you soon. <laughs> like, it was like it didn't make any sense. But yeah, <laughs> Facebook. Oh man, yeah. And I just I wonder if if there's ever going to be somebody like is it going to are they going to be able to and is there anybody that's just going to like hit the big switch and just turn it off just yeah i don't think you can do that anymore no i don't think you can but you can't i don't think you can either because they would have done it with the internet in general in in a bunch of countries it's true Myanmar. yeah i mean they do though no that's the countries doing it themselves but you know it it would be the entity itself it would be it would be you know us turning off the internet in russia Yeah. He's going, no, you're not allowed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, so you yeah. no, you can't. Although remember it was like five or six years ago that the Google servers went down for one minute and internet traffic dropped by eighty percent. Hundred percent sure, hundred percent sure that it was just the guys at Google's like, how much control do we have over the internet? I don't yeah, know, yeah. let's see. Alt F four. But that was the thing. I was reading about this ethnic cleansing that happened in Ethiopia because of this whole Facebook thing that was happening. And we'll then we'll stop and we'll move on to another. <laughs> this thing. is but, where is this going? It's like we Yo, that's ninety percent of our episodes, man. Why is it called Larry and Monkey Slaw? Yeah. Like, there's a reason it's called Larry I, and Monkey. I know. Does, yeah, yeah, has anybody know, figured it out? No, yet? no, no. Nobody's no. figured it out. If you yet. figure anybody it out, who's not Flemish or Dutch speaking. But even even the Flemish and Dutch speaking. Yeah, they don't. They don't know. You just gave them a whopper of a hint, though. Okay. And your phone's on and you owe us I'm sorry. champagne now. No, you should have just said money. No, no, it's champagne. Well, I'm in the champagne? film industry, it's champagne. Oh, okay, if, if the phone goes off. Things. Um Just to keep 
people enthralled. Enthralled? Enthralled? Enthralled. Enthralled? Is that the word I'm looking for? Alright. So let's do it. We're here with Pops. We're here with Pops. What's up, Pops? Basha. We're saying hi again. Hello. Basha. <laughs> hi. Just make sure you get nice and close to the mic. Alrighty. Duh. Hello. Perfect. So. Yeah. Pops. Let's start at the beginning. Yes. Your life before we yes. existed. Yeah, so start start off with what's your earliest memory? <laughs> That's a funny one. My earliest memory? Yeah. A chicken being beheaded on a market in Bucharest. <laughs> I've never Seriously. heard that before. A chicken Holy being, being killed, the head cut off, and the chicken Jesus. running away. You know, the way that chickens do when, yeah. you, when you cut off. Muscle and, impulses. And, yep. Over, <laughs> across the street on a market in Bucharest. That I was like, I must have been three, four. Wow. That's awesome. What an event to just kind of just bring you into yeah. life. Just like, here's consciousness. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, God damn. And, and paint the picture a little. Why were you, what was up? What was there? Why were you in Bucharest? Well, that was dad's second posting. Okay. Uh, so my dad is a diplomat or was a yeah. diplomat, just like I became one. Um, <clears throat> Met mom in at the World's Fair in 1958. They got married in 1959. Moved to oh, they uh, met at the expo. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, during the expo, not at the expo. During the expo, what actually happened was an uncle of mine, my mom's brother, uh, was the 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 guy who organized all the um, guides and hostesses at the expo. Oh, cool. Um, and he was a friend of dad's from university and he had a party and he invited his little sister and nice. my dad was there and that's where they met. That's awesome. Uh, and his huh. little sister was mom. Yeah. Um, so they met in, I think in 58 during the expo. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> uh, dad had already joined the foreign service, um, was finishing his training and then moved to Paris in 1959, right after he had married mom. Uh, mom got, you know, very cliche, got pregnant within the year, or <laughs> something like that of, of them getting married. And I was born in Paris in 1960. And then we yeah. moved, moved to Brussels in 1962. Mom was pregnant with my sister. Uh, Sophie was born in October of 62, and then they got posted to Bucharest in, in February, I think it was, of 1963. Okay. And in, in Brussels, was that in, was that in Mason already then? No, no, no. That no, was... no, 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 that was, well, I, actually, I think their apartment before they moved to Paris was right next to where you went to film school. Oh, that in was right. Okay. Yep. Yeah. 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 I remember you talking about. That. Um, yeah, and me then, too. and then when I think when 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 your aunt Sophie was born, they were living. I think they were living in Laken, okay. in an apartment. Okay. And then they moved to Paris, and then from Paris, um, Brussels, Bucharest, um, and then from Bucharest we moved to Chicago uh, when I was five. I had just yeah. just turned five, and Sophie hadn't turned three yet. So in the sixties, yeah, because nineteen sixty-five, yeah, Bucharest Whoa. was commie territory. Bucharest was commie territory. It was. Yeah. We were we were there when when Ceausescu when Ceausescu became the the the, the number one guy. Yeah. after a guy called Joe Dish had died. This was like it quote was, unquote died. No, no, no. It okay, was, it was fifteen years after the war. Oh yeah, fifteen okay. twenty years after the war, he was he was in his late sixties, I guess, and mm-hmm. you know, died. Yeah, and then Ceausescu became the the president. I'm told. I don't remember this. I I don't remember it at all. But I was I was told um, that the school that I was attending, the kindergarten that I was attending, mm-hmm. which was in German. Uh, German language, what? German language communist kindergarten. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. 
instead of Baba Black Sheep, we were singing the tractors will roll in the in the fields. Yeah, <laughs> talk about yeah. communism, labor, the workers anyway, will. We were tan we, well, their we skins. were we were all paraded out in the street during <laughs> George Desha's funeral, and we had to wave little flags and cry. Yeah, oh, amazing. Absolutely. You're nice. like those people I was we told. see in North Korea. Now. I, yeah, like I was just crying for the dictator. I have, I have no memory of that, but wow. apparently that's what happened. Man, the tractors rolling in the fields. Damn. That's amazing. Damn. Yeah, talk uh, about and then And then from there, we moved to Chicago. <laughs> talk about culture shock. Jeez. Yeah, truly. Yeah, yeah. Chicago in the 1960s. I mean, this was, you know, Right after the war, the the states was now, booming. It was you guys lived in in so, yes. Poppy, the, our grandma, my grandfather, your father, we'll call him Poppy. He he worked in the city, like yep. the embassy was in the city, the consulate, the yeah. consulate was in the city. Did he ever talk about the the like you said the culture shock of going from you know communist Romania in the sixties when there the vigor was still hard uh, to. 1960s beginning of the counterculture Chicago with all the civil rights things that that brought with it. Did, did they no, have they any? Never, we never, we never talked about it. I should have, uh, but I never got it. Yeah, what a well. Mind you, I mean Bucharest, Bucharest, Romania in those days. Yes, it was, it was, it was, you know, communist Eastern Europe, absolutely. But Romania was not the most hardcore of hardcores. Yeah, at the yeah. time. Uh, there was a golf club, and they had a really they had a really good life. Yeah, okay, um, people wore jeans. There was, uh, yeah, I guess. Well, there were nobody was wearing jeans anywhere yeah. in the world in those days. But yeah. yeah, I guess it was it was from from the pictures I saw and, yeah. and from the stories, it was it was a it was a it was fun right. love life. Yeah. I mean, they met they met a couple of really good friends that they had that Poppy and Mommy had most of their career. I, I remember there was a, a Greek diplomat that we then met. Uh, in the late 70s yeah. when he became ambassador to South Africa and we went and stayed with him there. Um, and, you know, dad's best friend, he made his best friend there, which was a, a guy called Bob Froick, who was a, an American oh, diplomat. I still know that name. Yep, yeah. He was an American diplomat who then later became, you know, quite prominent in... in um, the UN, right? No, in the OSC, actually. Oh, yeah, okay. This was the, the, the wind-up of the Cold War and, and in Bosnia... Specifically, he was, oh, yeah. was Bosnia Macedonia. He was very active. Talk about hardcore. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then while we were in in Tanzania, so this must have been two thousand five six. He died of mad cow. If you can what? believe it. Oh, yeah. Jeez. <laughs> yeah. <Wow. laughs> you want you want to put you want to pull weird weird strings together. Jeez. There's one of them. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Serendipity. Yeah. But just for the the listeners of of like who are, you know, listening to our podcast for reasons and they're like who is what is what what is a diplomat? What do you guys Yeah, define it for me. Give me yeah. a quick cuz you know, your father did it, you do it. Yeah. What so, and and like let's try to keep it short. What do you guys Yeah. I represent my country in another country. Okay. Okay. And now here's here's because we talk about this like that's that's the really short line. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It's it's a, it's a little more complex than that, but that's the short line. And even sure. like in your lifetime, the world has gone through mm. an exponential change. Sure. What's different in your job today as opposed to your first posting in Venezuela? WhatsApp. Oh, really? The, yeah, the, well, I mean, the communication. Yeah, yeah, I guess. Communication. Yeah. yeah. My first posting, I didn't have a computer on my desk. Oh yeah. Um, the typewriter. And Poppy? No, a secretary with a typewriter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, here's, here's my question. What did you do at your desk? 
Like, what do you well, like now? We think of a desk. There's automatically like there's a computer, there's a keyboard, well, there's. It's basically I'm doing the same thing as I did then. Yeah. Uh, gather information. Oh, okay. Um, and in those days, you would gather information by reading newspapers, calling up people, right. having meetings, et cetera, et cetera. Now right. it's reading newspapers, calling up people, having meetings, and checking out the internet. Yeah. yeah. So it, it just it adds to it. It adds right. to, and it adds to the speed of stuff as well. Yeah. Um, just to give you, an, I mean, a stupid example. When when we moved to Caracas, this was nineteen eighty nine. Yeah. Nineteen eighty nine. First thing I did was go look for a house for us. Yeah. You, Thomas wasn't even born yet. It was just the three of us. You were seven months old. Mm. Go Went and looked for a house, found an apartment, good price, the right size, et cetera, et cetera. To get the ministry's approval for that rental, mm -hmm. I wrote a letter oh, yeah. on a piece of paper yeah. and stuck it in the diplomatic pouch and sent it off and waited you know, two weeks yeah. for the response. Yeah. Nowadays... If I wait two weeks to get the response from a landlord for a rental property, forget yeah. it. It's gone. Yeah, yeah, you're not. You're not gonna. It's you're gone. not gonna. Yeah. So you know, nowadays you yeah. do it by email. You don't even actually do it by email. You walk out of the place you're looking at. You call the person up in the ministry that you know yeah. is going to have to approve, and you say, "I found this place. Can I sign?" Yeah, yeah. You know. So yeah, what's changed in the last thirty odd years is yeah, yeah communication, speed of communication, um, quantity of 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 information that yeah. you're getting. Absolutely, the quantity is is also. And does it make the job easier, or does it have this weird adverse different. effect? No, it's just different. It's just not different. easier, not harder. It's yeah. it's different. I mean, in 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 those days, it took longer to get stuff, and that was frustrating. Yeah. Um, now there's more of it, and that's frustrating. Right. More more information, and that's frustrating. Right. So it's just yeah, yeah it's just yeah. it's different. It, it's a different kind of. Mind you, um, there's one aspect that has been added to our job that's become you know important to it and that is that makes it that is very very different from those days and that's contributing to the information what they call public diplomacy well you yeah, know yeah. My, my 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 twitter feed our facebook page yeah, yeah. you know mm -hmm. that you have to feed that yeah and if you don't feed it you're you don't exist yeah you fall yeah. out of the out of the thing so that is different you know in the yeah. old in the old days I remember the old days. Jesus Christ, listen to me. It's not that old. <laughs> I, I, I remember when in 1999, 98, 99, so mm -hmm. this is like only about 20 years ago, there was a guy in the foreign ministry who was so pissed off by a fax having been sent out yeah. with something that he hadn't approved. Yeah. One of the higher-ups in the ministry who said, I want every fax machine in the ministry in my office by tomorrow, and there won't will no be will no longer be faxes sent out without my direct approval. Yeah, this was yeah. the top of the ministry. Yeah, yeah. A fax. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. The, the, yeah. they the, the, those guys, and this is only twenty years ago. Yeah, these guys thought they could still control the information that was flowing out of the ministry. Yeah, by collecting and all they the tax still machines. and they still thought they could. They yeah, yeah. not 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 just that they could, they still thought that they had the means to do it. Yeah. Um, so that has changed. That's changed completely. I mean, I remember a couple of weeks back, um, there was a. I, I got a question from a journalist, and I called the I called the guys in the ministry who were who were supposed to give me guidance on this, and I said, "Do you want me to do it, or shall I put you?" No, you guys, you go ahead and do it. You 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 yeah. got this, and we know you're good with these people, so don't worry about it. Yeah. This was you know 30 years ago when I started. Forget it. They would yeah. never allow us to do. Oh, yeah. that. But I can I can also like like if you're if you describe the job as being largely gathering information, 
then I can understand that if that you know the 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 central like gathering place of that information in Brussels wants to protect it somehow. Yeah. If it's sensitive <clears throat> information, for example. Well, that's that's the the big change in our foreign ministry, and that's mine. Uh, I think the big change has been that um, compared to twenty twenty five years ago, the ministry now assumes you're not going to screw up. Yeah. Whereas nice. 25 years ago, they assumed you were going to screw up. And that's why they wanted to control all yeah. the information. It's more progressive you, you management. Can't, you can't trust of. the guys outside. Yeah, yeah. Other foreign ministries have made that change a lot earlier than we did. Yeah. But we've now made that change. Yeah, yeah. Now, do you think that might be just because the 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 amount of information, like the 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 information that got out was more valuable just because there was less of it and now because it's such a shitstorm of just constant data being and fed into the thing it's chicken and egg yeah okay you need to you know you, there's yeah. so much of it that you can't control the outflow or the inflow anymore right specifically the outflow so you yeah. might as well just go ahead and then they come to the conclusion that oh wow we can trust these guys yeah right. it works right you know we don't we we shouldn't have we should have done this years ago so it's yeah. it's it's basically chicken and egg i don't know which came first okay is yeah. it is it because there's so much information that they trust us or yeah. do they trust us so therefore it doesn't right. matter that there's so much information yeah. uh, so fact of the matter is that that change happened right but let's we yeah, were so in speaking chicago. of chickens right so chicken right. gets beheaded you <laughs> go to Bucharest, you yeah. go to chicago yeah. right you live in chicago what's next yeah what what happens after cuz i know you lived in two places in the states yeah. were they right after each other yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. so it was first chicago well, then... it's a funny, it's actually a funny story. Um, first Chicago and then New York. Um, Chicago, dad was uh, the deputy consul general. Yeah. Um, in Chicago, you know, big, big city in the States, lots of, lots of um, commercial interests, Belgian commercial interests, mm-hmm. relatively large Belgian community that, you know, that part of the, 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 uh, of the States, the, yeah. the Midwest, the Northern yeah. Midwest, there were lots of Belgians. There was big immigration push from here in Belgium. <clears throat> like they were saying, move out to there. There's a lot of farmland immigrate there. Not just farmland. Also, you know, we're, you know, that, um, like in New York, all the, um, the, the newspaper stalls are Pakistanis or Bangladeshis or something yeah. like that. Well, in Chicago, all the janitors of buildings were Belgians. Oh, it was wow. an, an industry at the time that, you know, wow, I guess yeah. one or two buildings got Belgian janitors. And, yeah. and when a new building came up, the, the owner would <laughs> look around and, do you know anybody? And yeah, my uncle just got here from Belgium and that yeah, kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah. So yeah, so wow. So there was lots of Belgians. Then they God they damn. moved to New York. This was 1968. Yeah, uh, they moved from uh, Chicago to New York in 196. We moved from Chicago to New York in 1968. And there was a funny story. Dad had first got appointed to, I think it was Kinshasa. Yeah. Oh snap. Uh, which in those days. Yeah, yeah, cushy. Yeah. This was, you know, eight years <laughs> yeah. after Congolese independence, the yeah. Belgian embassy in Kinshasa. That was a big, big <laughs> yeah. job. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, he wasn't going to be ambassador, but it was an important, it was an important job. Talk was, about flow of information. And it would have been, and oh, it would have been an amazing, it's an amazing time to live there up until, you know, the, the whole transition. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah definitely. Um, and then they packed up their stuff, stuck it in a container, Put it on a ship across the the St. Lawrence Seaway out into the ocean over to Antwerp. And he goes to the ministry. And the guys in the ministry, just to tell you how little, you know, how how mm-hmm. slowly information flowed at the de- in those days, 
what are you doing here? <laughs> oh shit! This was like the middle of August, right? Did he get the memo? <laughs> what are you What are you doing here? Poppy oh, goes. Man. What do you mean? Well, we appointed you in New York, and you have to be there like but last yesterday. week. <laughs> That's awkward. Because it's the General Assembly starting, and yeah. you have to start preparing oh, for the General no. Assembly in a month. I didn't know I had to go to New York. Oh, well, man. yeah, we sent you a telegram. Yeah. It turns out that in those days. You didn't, you, you, communication was by telegram. Yeah, yeah. Not even by telex yet. Telex, which is the machine that you have in your office where, where, where right. the telegrams arrive in your office, but where it's, it with yeah. telegrams, it's like at the post office and yeah. they, they bring oh, you gosh. the telegram. Mm -hmm. And they had sent him a telegram to say, you're going to New York. Sorry, not Kinshasa, you're going to New York. So please mm. arrange for your stuff to be moved from Chicago to New York. And Western Union, who was doing the telegrams in those days in the States, hadn't delivered the telegram. Oh, oh man. Yeah, but this was an issue because the, sh the, the, the their stuff had been shipped from Chicago to Antwerp yeah. on its way to on its way to Kinshasa. Um and they actually never took it off the boat because that boat was going straight back to New York. Oh. So they left it on the boat, okay. took it off the boat, and customs in the States went, Hold on, this stuff left Chicago. How is it coming back? <laughs> oh, man. And no, it took them a while to figure that yeah, one out. So yeah, it was, yeah. you know, it was... A, anyway, so Damn. then we ended up, you know, 1968 to 1972 years in New York. Yeah. Uh, where Dad was on the budget committee. Funnily enough, that's exactly the same th stuff I did. I was just about to say, 20 years later, yeah. 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 Wow. Yeah. Um, and there we lived in a... Again, we lived in the suburb, a New York suburb, a place called Mamaronek. Yeah. Um, and you, you met... Randy in Chicago. In Chicago, yeah, that was our next door neighbor. Right. Yeah. Um, our next door neighbors in Chicago uh, were a, a couple half a generation older than my parents. Yeah, um, their kids were eighteen and sixteen when, or seventeen and fifteen yeah. when we moved there. Yeah. Um, and you know, their oldest son Randy had. Um, just gone off to college, I think, or was just finishing high school. Yeah. Um, and we were like, my sister and I were like, you know, the the kids for for them. Yeah. Waiting for their own grandkids. Yeah. You know, they, we were the practice yeah, grandkids. Yeah. yeah. Um, and we got spoiled rotten by them. Yeah. Uh, they were, <laughs> you know, they were they were really good to us. Because um, it reminds me of our neighbors when we lived in in Belgium. Yeah, that's the exact same kind yeah. of story. Uncle and aunt type name. Yeah yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, who aren't really uncle, uncle, yeah, and aunts. Yeah, exactly. yeah. But there's apparently there's another funny story about me in those days. Um, the pool? They had a pool. <laughs> the neighbors had a pool. And my mom had was teaching me manners, and, you know, she she taught me never ask something of someone. Right. You yeah, know, you yeah, only, right. only, you know. Wait you for only, the invitation. You only wait for the invitation. Yeah. You get offered, and you know, certainly not when you're asking somebody to do something for you. You don't ask. And I, so I wasn't allowed to ask if I could go <laughs> swim in the pool. I was six yeah. or seven. This a shows little, the level of cunning of really, my father, a ladies really and gentlemen. Kid. All right. Yeah. Yeah. So on a really nice day, I would 
put on my swim trunks and hang my towel over my neck and just stand over by the fence. And when, when Uncle Bill would come out and see me standing there, I'd go, what a beautiful day, isn't it, Uncle Bill? And I was standing there with my, in my swim trunks with my It's not technically on. asking. It's I not wasn't technically asking. asking. Your life yeah. was a peanuts yeah. like, and, yep, strip. And he, was, and he would go, you want to come over for a swim? I said, yeah, please. Yeah, absolutely. Like, Mom, I'll be back later. Yeah. Nice. Dad, <laughs> when uh, 1969... Yes. July 20th, 1969. I can hear yes. the soundtrack underneath this. It's yeah. like Creedence <clears throat> Clearwater, Fortune Sun or ding something. Ding, ding, ding. Actually, for me, you it's can also Haze. You can also use Walter Cronkite. Oh, yeah. and that's, that's, what, yeah, that's, that's the way it is or something. Yeah, well, no, the, but his when he was on thing. TV yeah, announcing yeah. it. Yeah. Neil Armstrong is on the moon. 38 years old. And if ever you have, if ever you put surface of the moon. pictures or videos on, uh, uh, on the podcast, man. then look up the one in Yankee Stadium because that's my story. Yeah, because oh. you were there. Tell yeah. us. Pa- there. Paint the picture. Pops. Nine years old. Um, I guess we were indoctrinated American kids. You know, the, everything America did was great and beautiful. Um, and. For about, you you cannot believe how quickly this went. We're talking July 1969. In 1960, I think it was uh, 68 and 67, they started the Apollo program. Yeah, 68 so in was about, Apollo So in about two years' time, they went from the fire on Apollo 1 to Apollo 7, <clears throat> yeah. which tested the command module around the Earth, Apollo 8, which tested going all the way to the moon with that amazing Earthrise picture that they took and the amazing soundtrack on Christmas Eve reading Genesis. From the Bible. From the Bible. Was that Jim? No, it wasn't Jim Level. It was Borman. Borman who read it. Yeah. No, they all all three of them read it. It was all three. It's it's, it's absolutely stunning. Astronauts Astronauts for those who are in space nerds. Apollo 9 testing the lunar module in orbit around the Earth. Apollo 10 testing the lunar module in orbit around the moon and went to, what is it, uh, 20 miles above the lunar surface. And then Apollo 11 landing in July 1969. It was like in in, in, in an amazingly short period of time. Yeah. And as luck would have it, uh, you know, we would go to baseball games once in a while. It wasn't often. It was maybe two or three times a season. No more than that, but that year we had tickets for a Yankee game in Yankee Stadium yeah. on July 20th. The Yankee. Um, which I think was a Sunday. Imagine. Um, and so we were there when, when the moon landing happened. Not when they walked, but when they landed on the moon. Um, and I, you know, I, even as a nine-year-old kid, it, it really did impact me how at a, one, at a certain point... There was a sign up on the on the scoreboard that said they're on the moon. Apollo Eleven has landed. Damn. Um, and the stadium went quiet. Mm-hmm. It went quiet for ten or fifteen seconds, and then roar, applause. Everything yeah. stopped, and it just you know the game stopped, and it was just like every everybody was just going, wow. I'd Which love is- to be able to like look up at the moon <clears throat> and think like, wow, there's dudes on there right now. I'd love to see lights from the moon. Like, can you imagine if they ever get a lunar city going? Like, if Elon Musk <laughs> and his dreams of building a lunar colony actually pan out, then I can do that thing of the in the movie of Apollo thirteen where he's got his, his thumb, thumb, his thumb like up at the moon, and he's yeah. just laying yep. in the thing, and he's a little drunk. It was the Earth, wasn't it? 
No, he, no, he does it at the moon first, yeah. and then he does it later. Oh, yeah, and then he does it with the, yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's true. And then the next day, uh, well, no, that night, um, again, I was a nine-year-old kid, uh, and in New York, I think it, in Eastern Daylight Savings Time, uh, they walked on the moon around 9 or 9.30 in the evening, if I remember correctly, which was late for a nine-year-old kid. So I, yeah. I, rem I remember f battling falling asleep <laughs> to be able to watch it. Uh, but we watched it. Um, and then the day after that, or two days after that, my dad was at the UN. Poppy was at the UN at the time. And in those days, in the delegates' lounge, they had newspapers from all over the world for the delegates to read. Oh. And he went and grabbed every single newspaper yeah. he could get a hand, his hand on. He got Where is that box? That box is at my house. It's in okay, it's good. in our it's in our house. It's a it's a it's a. I was scared shitless that it was no, in the no, basement no, 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 in no. Brussels. No 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 no. Okay, it's good. in it's in the little in in the in the cupboard at, at the end of that little hall. Oh okay, yeah. all right. Um, <clears throat> there's a Russian paper and a Mexican paper and a bunch of Belgian newspapers and Dutch newspapers and French yeah. newspapers and. Yeah. He everything he could get his hands on from from you know July twenty second I guess the day after yeah the most amusing ones are the Belgian ones okay why if you look at at Lots news of July twenty second nineteen sixty nine yes absolutely <laughs> the front page is about the moon landing and in those days they would do the sports news starting on the back page. So the back page was also kind of a front page, but it was sports news. And it was the day after Eddie Maddox had won his first Tour de France. Oh, dang. Oh, cool. That's a legendary. So that newspaper has yeah. both those stories on the front page of the moon landing and on the back page, Eddie Maddox winning wow. the Tour de France. Yeah. His first Tour de France. And everybody was expecting him to win because he'd actually, he would, he was, well, anyway, every, it was, he it was, everything. Yeah, it was yeah. supposed to happen. Yeah. It's and it happened. And, wow. you know, yeah, it's, it's, it's quite, it, it, it's a stunning, it's a stunning yeah, Histor historical newspaper. Imagine printing that newspaper. You're Truly. like, this is this is the you stuff. Take it of, home. Yeah, you, you yeah, grab yeah. one off the pile and yeah, take it yeah. home. And I want to yeah, keep yeah. this one. And then, um, so we're in New York now, right? Yeah, in New yeah. York so in the, in the 60s and living yeah. in Maranek and really great house with a on the ocean with its own pier and well, right because on, the, on I, the Long Island Sound actually because we we went wow. to, we went to visit that yeah. house once. Funny thing is, you know, twenty years later we went on our own posting there. Yeah, twenty. Yeah, 20 years yeah, later. Yeah, 93. 93, 92, 25 years later, yeah. we went on our own posting there. And actually, uh, Mom and I had decided we would go out and live in the suburbs because with the two kids, it was yeah. better to live in the suburbs with a yard, yeah. house yeah. in the yard, et cetera, et cetera, rather than in a small apartment in Manhattan. Oh, states in the 90s. <sighs> and the first, thing, the first thing I asked the real estate agent was, is 899 Port Drive available? <laughs> <laughs> the house. The house, because I knew it was a rental house. It had been a rental yeah. house. And she actually said, no, I rented that out last year. Oh, oh man. Yeah, to, to, to the deputy permanent representative of Zimbabwe, who later oh, became a, a friend diplomat. of mine. So, yeah, who later became a friend of mine. So I knew the guy. Yeah, didn't, yeah. When we went to go visit there, wow. wasn't he there? Yeah, he was. Because I remember yeah. that there was, yeah, I remember. Because yeah. now that you say Zimbabwe, I'm like, yeah. He was. Yeah. Because I remember also like the, the, the yard ended on the yeah, water. On the water. Yeah. Sandbox. For, it was a yard, then a sandbox, and then, then a wall yeah. uh, into the ocean. So uh, dangerous. In, uh, no, because it was a fence. It was okay. fine. Yeah, right. yeah, no, it was, it was fine. It was all all right. All right. Uh, and we would swim in the, in the, in the ocean. And, yeah. And what was your, yeah, and what, what was your life like then? Like what was... I was an eight-year-old kid. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What's, your, what's, what's an eight-year-old 
kid's life like But were you like the kids on Stranger Things, like on the bike with your buddies? Like you'd go into the woods and just your mom would be like, be home for dinner and that's it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was like the only thing my mom did that the other kids didn't do, we, in the summer when we would, when it would be playing outside, you know, riding our bikes in the neighborhood and swimming in the ocean, uh, we were the two kids that had to wear life vests. Oh, to man. go swimming. Yeah, it's a little like you guys in your helmets. Helmets. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. You were the only kids with helmets in Hacked as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, nobody else was wearing helmets. Rock those helmets. Oh, guys. dude. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and you know, yeah. my sister and I wore wore life vests to go swimming. So. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Now, did you responsible have responsible parenting? Yeah, exactly. Parenting. Exactly. Especially back in those days, it was just like like kids were just left to their own to their own. Oh, it was so much more fun. Faith. Fate. <laughs> yeah. Back in mm. my day. Back in my, well, because, I mean, you even said, like, listen listen to me, like, I'm talking like an old man. Like, I, I literally dropped the line. I remember our grandparents talking about, like, I remember the first cars in the road. I remember the first phones that people were having. I remember all, I literally dropped the line the other day. It's like, I remember when we got our first computer. I remember when you, we were playing in the guest room in our second house in the States, and you come into the thing. It's like, hey, you want to come get a computer with me? And we went to the store. I don't know what's like a Walmart or a Best Buy if those things. Comp in. USA. Oh, there you go. That's the one. Yeah. And it was a compact. A compact. I remember the, yeah, with the big, <laughs> like not even the flat screen monitor yet. It no, still no. had like the, 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 and, the and cast the, And the tubes. speakers hung off the side of the monitor. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. true. And I remember yeah, the yeah. big, the big Q sign at the bottom of the, of the thing. Yeah, yeah. And then games like Interstate we're 76. we're getting, we're tangenting. Tangenting, tangenting, tangenting. Okay. Stick here was my dad's story. Yeah, here was my original question. Did you have any buddies like back in those, like when you were a kid, like did you have kids from the neighborhood that you were running around with? Like, did you have, cause like when I imagine you back in the day, it's like, I just imagine you, like, I don't remember, I don't envision, envisage hmm. you running around with any guys on like your bikes or. That's well, uh, there were, um, the, the kind of life, I guess the kind of life we had, the, the, the kind of life we had was I had school friends and I had house friends yeah, um, or neighborhood friends. And they changed every three years because we moved. Yeah, I mean, so that's I, one of the I, things I we don't, talked I don't, about, yeah. I didn't make any lifelong friends from yeah. those days. Yeah, um, I made one or two lifelong friends in, yeah, one lifelong friend in high school. One, one guy that I can still call up, I think, from yeah. high school. And Randy. Um, Ironically enough, that ironically, but he was like twelve years older than I was. But yeah. yeah, which all the more irony in the fact that you guys still remained. I was five and he was seventeen. Contact. Yeah, you know that's yeah. that that is such a weird, you know, good on him. Wonderful, to hang out with a wonderful friendship. Little five year old. I mean, and I would even call Randy a friend now, which Absolutely. is crazy that it's like this transgenerational yeah. thing. Yeah. Yeah. But I remember Randy telling me that he just found you a really funny kid. <laughs> Yeah. Like we were, we went, cause I went with Randy to NAB and when we drove back, I asked him about your guys' days in Chicago and he was just like, he was such a funny kid. Yeah. Like that's why I found, I, he's even as an 18 yeah. year old, he just cracked me up. Like that's what he said. So. Cause he'll like, he'll have that view. Cause like when you're five years old, like the memories you have are just very fleeting. They're not very there. But if you have somebody who's already like 17, 18 years old looking at you, like I feel like their view of, of you is a lot more. Like detail, there's a lot more new, like yeah, funny yeah. jokes. There, anecdotes there, that make it funny. All right, so Mamarinik, uh, yeah, yeah Mamarinik, yeah. New York, and then you go. Then it's, it's yeah. Not- then we moved to Brussels. Oh, okay. Yeah, then we moved to Brussels. This was 1970. Yeah. Um, Jesuits. Yeah. Yeah. Oh snap! Oh, here we go. I was uh, I was a ten year old little boy who had 
who only remembered speaking English. Yeah. I hardly spoke any Flemish. We know that struggle. Um, and they send me off to the Jesuit, the Flemish Jesuit school in the middle of Brussels. And for people who are not familiar, these are like hardcore nuns. No, priests. Priests. That's what Jesuits are, man. Hardcore priests. <laughs> well, yeah, they're, they're very, they're very, you know, very competent, strong yeah. educators. Um, yeah. This Jesuit school in Brussels, though, is particular because it's in the middle of the city. Yeah. Both, both campuses, one primary school, one secondary school, are a block away from each other. Right smack in the middle of Brussels, there is... The only green in those buildings is potted plants. There's no grass. There's no (laughs) shrubs. It's all concrete, bricks, and linoleum. Yeah. Yeah. Frugal, man. And a a potted plant in every other window. Um, That's it. Uh, And I spent 10 years, no, eight years there. Eight years. Eight years. I didn't yeah. know it was that long. Yeah, it was eight yeah. years. It was. I mean, mom and dad were in Belgium for five, from yeah. 1970 to 1975, and then I made the mistake of asking them to leave me there in boarding school and not take me with them to Kenya. Yeah, that's and you've you've rarely in our lifetime admitted to making a mistake. Yeah, but that one. Yeah, you have very. Yeah. You've often pinpointed as yeah. being like yeah, a that was fundamental. A mistake, yeah. And why? Well, I mean, you know, the way the way Belgian the way Belgian schools work, if you if you don't do well, yeah. they make you repeat the year. And in the three yeah. years that I spent in, in in boarding school and in you know secondary school, um, it was it should have been fourth, fifth, and sixth year. Uh, I was made to repeat the fourth year, and and the, <laughs> the third year I spent in Belgium was the fifth year. And at the end of the year, they said, "Nope, we're not letting you go Ugh, on to sixth year either." Damn. So that's when I decided, "Okay, I'm done," and I yeah. went and joined, you know, mom, dad, and, and Sophie in, in Kenya. Now, what was it? What was it? Just because you you didn't know how to study? Because like, because I remember when we came to Bel- both times when was we 15, came back to Belgium, I was Belgium. a 15, 16 year old teenager yeah. stuck in a in a in a in a city right. located Jesuit school in Belgium and right. I, on and in boarding school and on the mm-hmm. weekends, the first year I went to 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 spend Saturday and Sunday nights or Friday Saturday and Sunday night with an aunt and the the second and third year I went to spend. Friday and Saturday night with my grandmother in Gelebe, which is the, right. the town next over from where you live now. Yeah. Uh, with my grandmother and her spinster daughter. Huh. Uh, that's that's where I, I was 16 years old, and that's so, where I got to spend the weekend. Coming from a Marinick. Yeah. Well, that was eight years before that, yes. Yeah, well, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. For, yeah, absolutely. And I mean, having grown up, you know, with very in a, in in, a, in an American society, and with my parents and sister living in Kenya, in but exotic Kenya. Then why did yeah. you want to stay? What was the reasoning for staying? I was fifteen. I thought I had friends. Just sticking it to the man. No, I thought I had friends. Yeah. Uh, which turned yeah. out, you know, was yeah. Stupid. None of them stuck. Yeah. 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 I remember I mean, having a moment like that in Vienna when yeah. you asked us in Vienna. We'll probably we'll get to this later, but like when you yeah. asked us if you know we could stay for another. I think it was no. This was actually in Tanzania. No, I no, got, no, no. It wasn't you going to New York. It was. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. in Vienna, we had true. the option that's to true. stay yeah, for. Yeah. And I thought I had a girlfriend. Like that was the that was the thing. I thought I had a Polish girlfriend. And it was it was. And I was like, I want to stay for my girlfriend. And I was like twelve, <laughs> and you're like, no, you don't. And I'm like, and at that point, I was kind of like. <laughs> 
I, I guess he's right. Like, I guess he knows this stuff better yeah. than I do. So, Well, that was, I mean, I, I remember it, 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 it rings very true to me because in Tanzania, I also, like, I, I was very stubborn and a lot of it, and I think, I mean, I'm pretty sure I get that from you, is I was saying that I wanted to, to go just because you guys were saying you should stay a little while. So, like, it was just automatic because, like, and I mean, a lot, like you said, a lot of teenagers do that. Your parents say go left. You're like, no, nah, I'm going to go right. Like, why? I don't know. Just because you said to go left. So there must be a reason. You know, yeah. it's, it's so, yeah. So then, so you're in, you're in the Jesuits. You repeat a couple of years. You stay. And then you decide to go to Kenya. You go to Nairobi to finish up yep. your last two years, three years finish, of school? Finish the last two years of school. Yeah. Um, did you, sorry, did you immediately know it was a good decision? Like, yeah. did you immediately, you were like, yeah. okay. Yeah. My, 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 my dad had told me, look, this is your last chance. If you, if, if it doesn't work, um, you can stop going to school, we'll do your military service and then find you a job. And that's mm -hmm. that. Um, and the, uh, the system in, in Kenya at St. Mary's, which is the school I went to, uh, was the, the British um, ONA level system, uh, which is, you know, four years, uh, junior high, if you will. The, uh, out of the six years of secondary school, it starts with four years, which ends in the ordinary level exams, and then two years, which ends in the advanced level exams. And the school year ran from January to December because it's below the equator from yeah, the right. end of summer to the beginning right. of summer. Yeah. Um, and I arrived in September and dad said, okay, you know what? You do the fifth year. So the, the, the penultimate year, the first year of the A-level course, you do that fifth year by December. Ugh. Whoa. A lot of catching up. A lot of catching up. Jeez. Um, and I did. And it, I did it successfully. Um, mm -hmm. and I knew then that, you know, this was okay, I can do this. Yeah. Um, and then I, you know, spent the next year doing the last year of A-levels and, <laughs> um, and then I had 10 months or nine months with time on my hands. Um, because again, the school year runs from January to December mm -hmm. and the next phase of my academic life was going to be October of 1980. Oh, yeah, true. Which is when university was supposed to yeah. start. Oh, yeah. yeah. So I had nine months, and in those days, Belgian boys still had to do military service. Military. And one of the options of military service was eight months if you're stationed in a, in a unit that's uh, uh, based in Germany. Oh, yeah. So I was able to get, or dad was able to help, or we were able to help, or the system allowed me to right. uh, get a, a posting at a unit based in Germany, between somewhere between Aachen and Köln, in a, in a little town called Düren. Mm -hmm. um, and I spent eight months in military service in uh, there. Um, where you learned French. Where I learned how to type, and I learned French. Yeah. Yes. Um, and now you were, you were, I remember you saying something along the lines of your unit was responsible to take care of some anti-aircraft Yeah, the, well, yeah, the, the, the unit that I was part of was one of four units where they had um, anti-aircraft missiles, surface-to-air missiles. Yeah. Um, this was the Cold War front line, don't forget. Huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Germany I mean, was a Cold it's, War it's, front line. Yeah, right. Um, and on the, behind the front, the, behind the actual front line were all the, you know, the, the stuff that could, um, that could uh, be deployed from a distance. Right, right. Surface-to-air missiles are one of yeah. them. Um, and there were two or three Belgian um, units that 
each had four batteries of surface-to-air missiles. Mm-hmm. Um, three batteries of conventional surface-to-air missiles and one battery of nuclear surface-to-air missiles. <laughs> and the, the, the Belgian military was responsible for the, for the conventional, yeah. and, and there was always an American unit attached to the Belgian unit, and the yeah. American unit was the one dealing with the, with the, right, uh, right. With the nuclear. The nuclear. Um, and my job was um, at the bottom of the pyramid, at the bottom of the ladder, but yeah. in, in the operations center, which is where we had the, the you know, the, the, the radars yeah. following the incoming planes yeah. and, 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 and basically also launching the, the, yeah. the missiles. So did you do any like launch? I know tangents. So I don't give a fuck. Did we do any like drills for like like if like yeah. oh my god, there's a couple yeah. of we you had know. we had I think in the six months that I was there because it it was two months of training and then six months there. I think in the six months that that I was there, we had two exercises where we oh, okay. were or yeah where we were involved and where we would have to you know go in in, in into the into the place and lock it down and right. and, and camouflage it and all that yeah. for for about 48 hours or so that's hours. awesome yeah it was, it was i feel like that's something like looking at the kids that i teach now and also in general i think that's something that we could really benefit from oh, not absolutely. necessarily military service but some form of oh, absolutely disciplined yeah disciplined yeah. organized even like being a fucking garbage man yeah, for yeah. a year yeah. like do something for the society help yeah. build and, roads and, and, work and, in the thing and, like, and have it in an organized and disciplined manner yeah. so that you're you're taught you start at six do it this way th- with this process and only that yeah and maybe like a year of sleeping away like if you if you like you work as like like you clean hospital rooms but then you do it like you stay in dorms and like like you like just some regimented some form of like an automatic gap year but then you know some form of of, of i know I, I probably would have benefited from that hardcore um, in general, I think that, uh, yeah, I think that could be definitely, that was the idea. It didn't kind of work with you. But. I, I always wanted to join the air force, like from back in the day, but my math was never good enough <laughs> ever. I mean, I've like, but, even now. Yeah. But so like, how was that? Cause you were, cause we went over Kenya really quickly. I feel like as being like this place that you've always wanted to return to. Yeah. Um, and, but okay. And then going to the military, wasn't that like a crazy going from the fun like rugby playing at St. Mary's in, in Nairobi. The, in, in, the, in the tropics in the summer and then yeah. ending up on the yeah. 1st of February in the military. Yeah. And, and, and From Muthaiga to Aachen. Well, this was a training camp at the Belgian coast in the Pana. Yeah. <laughs> and and getting, woke, getting, getting woken up at 5.30 in the morning to go run run through the outside dunes. in February. <laughs> yeah. yeah. With full gear through the with, dunes. With, with, with <laughs> frankly, I mean... Uh, with a cross section of Belgian society, yeah, yeah, uh, absolutely. In, in my unit, yeah, um, and we know that that's not easy to break through coming yeah, no. from Eastern Africa, no. tropical paradise no. place. No, that was something cool. Yeah, we, we had a yeah. there was a, a quote in our previous podcast about uh, Flemish people forming conversation circles, and Yanni called them the North Korea of conversation circles. Yeah, that like you just and when a conversation circle is formed in this part of the world yeah. for some reason you're not you're, you're just you're, you're not gonna get in there you're just not gonna get in there and definitely not if you have tales of like you know yeah playing rugby with f- future presidents yeah. Uh, yeah. literally in, in kenya yeah. Um, yeah now did you have like like was it like straight up boot camp like you had a guy yeah. yelling in your face yeah. in french yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, no yeah. i mean I, the story i always tell look Okay, 
so your your audience knows Belgium is a bilingual country. Yeah. Uh, one of the issues in this country is that that not enough people know both languages. Yeah. Um, and my parents instilled in me, and I I still believe that 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 the only way you can be a, a, a successful in this country is being fluent in both languages. Yeah. At the age of eighteen, I was not. Um, <clears throat> Ditto. And we decided. Still ditto. Still <laughs> have some work. And we, we, my dad and I uh, talked about this, and we decided that one way to learn French fast, yeah, and fundamentally and very well was to do military service in French, um, which meant, of course, that you were living in French for yeah. eight months, yeah, uh, and living it, you know, again with a cross-section of Belgian society. So it was like at yeah, all yeah. all kinds of levels of, yeah, yeah. of, of, of intellectual depth. Yeah. Uh, or, or not. Yeah. Or shallowness. <laughs> no, right? yeah. um, and I can tell you, those first couple of weeks, what they do in, in, in boot camp is early in the morning, there's chores. Yeah. Uh, and you get to, you know, clean the hall, clean the rooms, clean the showers, go to the kitchen. Um, and clean the toilets. And when they come and wake you up at 5.30 in the morning <laughs> and they ask you, what do you want to do for chores? Yeah. And because you don't speak the language well enough, you can't react quickly enough to say, uh, I'll go to the kitchen or I'll do the hallway. Yeah. And you end up doing the toilets yeah. three days in a row. Yeah. <laughs> you learn French really, really fast. Out of pure necessity. You learn the words. You learn okay. the words. Talk about immersion. Yeah. That yeah. was quite well, the immersion. Uh, yeah, that is. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, in I, all senses of the word, you're yes. getting immersed in yeah. shit. All right, so now, that's how I learned French. Because <laughs> I, I mean, I have, I have uh, something, something a little bit similar is uh, the, the, the class of guys that I hung out with in, in when I moved back to Belgium after finishing my studies, I, I lived in Tournai for a while in Dournick. Um, and also the guys there, like their version of French is like patois, like shti. It's like a, an accented form of French, a little bit harsh. Like it's a little bit brutal. Like my, when you hear me speak French, if you know French, like you'll, you'll immediately understand in the way I speak. It's like, oh, putain, tu vas faire? It's, it's like, it's like, it's like real flat. Now I remember at one point uh, with one of my old principals, I was I was trying to arrange to get some hours, like I wanted to teach a little bit more history instead of English. Anyway, not important. And I remember at one point, like I was sitting in her office, and what I wanted to say in my mind is, I wanted to say I would like to get more of the history hours, but I don't want to screw over my colleague. And I said the equivalent of in French, I'm like, oui, mais je veux pas niquer mon collègue, tu vois. <laughs> which is, I don't want to fuck over my, my boy. Like, I don't want to fuck <laughs> over my dude, you know? And I remember saying that, and immediately her face kind of goes, like, I mean, you can't see with the face I'm making, but her face was kind of like, what did you just say? <laughs> and I immediately, I, I was, and later that day, I go to, I go to my roommate, Quentin, and I'm just like, when I say Nikki, that's not, that's not a formal thing, right? He's like, no. I'm just like, I should have said that to my principal. And he's like, oh, really? What happened? I'm like, she kind of looked at me funny. So, <laughs> just as, so at that point, I realized, like, you know, there's, 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 a, there's yeah, some of the words I know are probably not the, the most, the most uh, professional, uh, professional I, of I, words. I had a weird moment mm. like that in, when I was, I think, 16 or 17. I was in IB1, yeah. so the second to last year of my secondary education, and I had to take Dutch again. Uh, 
And I had only had three years of Dutch schooling. Like I had spoken yeah, Dutch yeah. with mom, so speaking Dutch was all right. Yeah. But like we uh, suddenly got these like reading comprehension things. Oh, dude. And as like a 16, 17 year old, like reading comprehension in English yeah. was totally fine because I'd been doing that for decades. Yeah. But then I do it in Dutch. Oh, yeah. And I don't understand what's going on. No, and Dutch is such a dry and heavy language to read. Yeah, but like I literally like I'm reading the thing that we're supposed to like it. We had an hour and half an hour. Like you get some time to read it and then you yeah. get some time to answer. Yeah. And I didn't. I, I, I didn't know what it said. Like, I could read all the words. Right, right. But I didn't know what the story was. Yeah. And it was this point of realization for me where I was like, oh, shit, I have, yeah. some, <laughs> I have some reading to do. I don't like, know I my language. Some, <laughs> I have some stuff to figure out that I've been putting as, like, a, a somewhat mother tongue. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And uh, and it's it's not really. Yeah. Like, it's, uh, yeah, no, I, I, I can. And I, I've been toying with this idea that I say to Ellen because I do realize... Like the more and more, also because of just the the way of functioning in this country, is that you do need to know the French. Like you do need to, yeah. unless you're some crazy. I remember, I remember when we left for Buenos Aires, when we were leaving for Buenos Aires, um, my counterpart, my Argentinian counterpart in Brussels, invited us to dinner. Oh yeah. Normally, what happens is when when an ambassador gets appointed, his counterpart in the sending country invites the new ambassador and says, "Okay, you can you know have ten people over and you know whoever you you think would be a, would be a useful contact for you." And I you know I thought to myself, you know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to have my family over. Um, so had you guys over, and then there was this another family of friends uh, from Namur, Geoffroy Bouvier and his wife and two kids. Um, and we spent that whole evening in flipping from English to Spanish to French and no Dutch because nobody spoke Dutch. No, that's true. And I remember you and Ellen were so frustrated. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Particularly Ellen. Like you, I mean, you understood. It was literally the first night where I think you guys realized that I could hold a conversation in French. It it was. Yeah. And, and, but you two were so frustrated that you decided you were going to take French courses. (laughs) And I think you took what, two? No, no, we did it for a while. We did do (laughs) it for a while. Like we did, we did like half a year, but you can't learn a language in a class. No, no, that's true. No, no. The idea I have, I have a much better idea. I promise. I promise you okay. it's a much better idea right. because I had the experience in Mali where for a week I had a fixer who only spoke French okay. and I just didn't have the option. And I noticed by the end of that week, like I was having like, hello, what's up? How was your night? Like I was, there were these things, these conversational elements that Phrases. were flowing a lot nicer yeah. and even just asking him for like the lens or whatever, asking him to get some shots or like this stuff was going more smoothly than at the beginning of the week. Yeah. So what I'm going to do is I'm just going to, I'm going to film myself like immersing for like a month and just like, but like complete, like I have, so I have no option, like with, I don't know, like farmers in France and I try to like do farm with them, their land or whatever, anything where I can also explore like another culture, but at the same time, like learn the language. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I think that'd be fun. Come on tour with me and my band. Well that, yeah, that was the other idea when you guys were going to do your Asia tours that I was going to document the whole thing. Um, yeah. But now we're talking to to some big guys about some big yeah. ideas. So we got some ideas. Yeah, we got we got some stuff coming. We got yeah. some stuff in the works. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because yeah. yeah, it's it's really funny for me because also living in Tournai, it was at this age. Like usually when you're younger and you like move from place to place, 
Like you have kids, like we have friends of ours in the States, Jan Lepreter and stuff, whose kids speak only English at this point. Yeah, and a, and a little bit of Dutch. A little bit of they Dutch. They understand it, but that's all. Right, right. But usually when you're like a kid and you learn a language, it happens automatically. Like I remember speaking f- Spanish to Margarita, like to our nanny back in the day. Like I remember Spanish words, but this was the first time in my life where I was old enough to like feel the connections in my brain happening laying the path to learn the language and it's really weird because it's 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 so opposite from because again like and you heard it when i was speaking like there's phrases that come out like in the beginning like don't worry it's tanquette like now i know what it is but if if you ask me like how do you write tanquette or what are you saying like i'm playing like i didn't know what i was saying i just knew that when you say the thing that sounds tanquette it means don't worry about it yeah, so it's just, funny, yeah. his funniest story is when he was ordering pizza and they would ask him Sashatu and he oh, out yeah. of just pure just to be <laughs> safe he would go no, <laughs> no yeah. I thought they were offering will me be, a will deal that, will that be all and, yeah. and his answer yeah. because he didn't know what the answer was yeah. is yeah. Just go safe we go no yeah. no and then <laughs> silence on the other end of the phone and okay like, so, what, so what else we- do you want <laughs> although there was one and I don't mm. know if you want to tell it but the parent teacher consultation one was that one was very the good. Parent teacher? Were you trying to yeah. con- congratulate oh my God. somebody? You know what? I'll just tell the story and, and I think we know it's, it's cut it later. Story. It's so a story. I had a it was my first year. First year, first parent teacher conference. Parents of a kid walk up to me and say they want to say thank you for the year because you've really reinvigorated her to learn English and all that stuff. And this was my first year. So huge imposter syndrome, not thinking that I belong there at all. But anyway, they come up to me. They're like, thank you so much. You've reinvigorated her will to learn English and all that stuff. And she had done really, really well. And I wanted to tell the parents congratulations. And I wanted to do it in French because I wanted to be a little bit, you know, a little bit fancy about it. And so I shake the hand of the father, and the French word for congratulations is félicitations. Felicitations. <laughs> oh, no. mm. You don't know yeah. this story? No. Oh, Dude, man. I grab the dad's hand, and I tell him, félicitations, <laughs> which is the French word for blowjob. And his face went from, I'm so proud my daughter just graduated, to what the <laughs> fuck did you just say? And I immediately realized when I looked at his face, I'm like, I just said the wrong word. I just, my congratulations with your daughter. Like she did so well. She did. And he's like, oh, thank you. And I realized afterwards. And then I went to my colleague at one point and I'm just like, what does filacion mean? And he immediately <laughs> lost his shit. He's just like, why? I'm just like, I think I just said that to parents of a student of mine. I just, I just went straight up to him. I was like, blowjobs. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Oh god. That's amazing. Oh language language. Uh, anyway. Oh, so yeah. yeah. So uh, I thought my story service. about not 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 reacting Ooh. to the guy asking yeah. if you want to clean the toilets clean the toilet. at 5:30 in the morning was yeah. a good one, but this one's actually yeah. better. Oh man. Uh, yeah. <laughs> this one is much better. Yeah. So anyway, so yeah, we're yeah, you're in the barracks. Service. You're running through the dunes of 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 Newport, Dunkerque, yeah. one of the places. The Palma. The Palma. Um, you do your military service in 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 uh, in, in Germany, yeah, and then you decide to go study. Oh, what was your A level direction? What was your the- history, geography, Dutch, and French? Okay, all right. So kind of yeah, right. And then you you go to Belgium to do your studies, your higher education, and you decide to do law. Mm-hmm. Did it ever cross? At this point, two questions. Number one, did it ever cross your mind to do something else, another subject? No. 
Just you, you knew you well, were going to do law? No, well, okay, go for the second question because the, I'm, I'm sure the, yeah. the answer will be both to both questions. Right. Will be so the, the same one. The second question is, did you know that you wanted to be a diplomat yes. at that point? Yes. Did you ever think about doing something else with no. your life? You knew from, from fairly young age? From 12. Oh, yeah, okay. You knew that that's what you yeah. wanted to do. And the, 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 the Foreign Service exam, the Belgian Foreign Service exam, yeah. as is, you know, was a long slog, six months. Now it's a year. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the substance, the substantive parts of the Foreign Service exam are about history, economics, and law, oh, okay. and international law. Right. So it was one of those three that I was going to go study at university. Yeah. And law was the degree that would give me most possible options in case it failed. Mm-hmm. In case I failed, you know, in case I didn't become a foreign service. Right. And was that because because it was what Poppy was doing or was it just because it interested you what he was doing? No, it was because what what Poppy was doing. I had no no clue what else I could do. My mom always said I should have been an engineer. Oh, okay. Um, What could have been? Imagine. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, when I when I when I think about it, uh, you know, she may not have been wrong. Yeah, no, because uh, my you do have my, a my my brain is structured problem solving, problem solving yeah. and structures. Yeah. So yeah, it makes yeah. sense. Makes sense. Yeah. yeah, but you were happy with the decision to like. What did you think about it? Like, why did you? What was like the most appealing thing about diplomacy that moving you moving around? Okay, in yeah. the adventure. I mean, element. from 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 when I was a kid, I'd never lived in a house for more than three years. Yeah. And now I'm still like that. I still get nervous if I spend more than four years in a house. Yeah, it starts yeah, itching. Yeah. It starts itching. I yeah, want to go yeah. somewhere else. I mean, I'm I'm still on that flow. The longest <clears> I've lived in a house was three years. That was the last house that I lived in, and it it started like I was starting to think like, and I and I saw everything coming with Milin and stuff. I was like, okay, well, yeah, of course, I'm gonna move again but i also the longest house we ever lived in in one stretch was the house in tanzania yep. for five I've, I've years retamed that flow like i i used yeah. to say to ellen that i wanted to do the same thing and then ellen was like yeah but if you don't want to be a diplomat it's a little harder and i was like what are you talking about yeah she's like yeah like organizing it it's quite a bit harder yeah, yeah. and i was like yeah, well, and, yeah but you can you can also work for an international organization it's then. true yeah no it's true and that's exactly depends what i did what, it depends uh, on what yeah. your, your your employer does yeah for, yeah no yeah. you can yeah. i just i but that was the thing like i hadn't I, you know we moved that was all i knew like we just yeah. move and then we figure it out but then but then i did realize like a little later on that i that i wanted a base to come to i wanted a physical home yeah which uh, was the one thing that we kind of lacked when we were like we had mesa our grandparents house and in limburg as well we had our grandparents houses but we never had a central like even all our other friends the ones who were also in the foreign service they always had that house that they went back to like it just yeah. kind of sat empty for but, many yeah. years so we never had the central but it was interesting you always used to say to us pops and it was this mantra and i remember it and i still think of it and i Home still is where the it. heart is well yeah, where, yeah, the four of where us we are. were together yeah like that was where yeah. and it was um but yeah i did i yeah i think i realized that i like in my own rebuild i need the adventure and the seeing the new things and discovering yeah. the new things but yeah. um the physical yeah but space i mean well. what you haven't done yet um so you know you, you i don't know if you're when you come home to your wife and child, you're also you've you've never come to your wife and child in another place than the home where you are now. No, that's true. Um, so, you know, what is it? Is it the pile of bricks or is it the wife and child? No, and and, and I, well, I, no, it's more than that. It's like to me, it's um, 
it's not the pile of bricks or the wife and child. It's what I was lacking was the contribution to the place where I'm living that the element of like, and that was why when I met Ellen and I found Ghent and it was like this place that I, I felt like I couldn't, I couldn't constantly be detached from that. Like I had to, I, and, and if only like to also influence it and make it more like the life you taught us to have. Okay. Um, is that whole multicultural element and like being accepting and tolerant and all these things and bringing that to the, and that, but that was just like, that was stuff uh, like that, the the darkness of coming back to Belgium after that whole adventure of you taking us around the world, that was me figuring that out is what I wanted from that. And me, it then it then also went another couple of years extra because I I went through that slightly darker period here in Belgium following the, the paradise that was Tanzania. Um, and then I kind of got like re-removed from that with again this this feeling of like you know the 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 the, the carelessness and the fun of of college in the states because I mean there was you know there was the responsibilities there but it was a great fucking time so like while you were figuring that out with Ellen like I was still kind of living in a, in a fantasy land up in in, the, in 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 the states weirdest part of our relationship yeah that was the weirdest because yeah. Peter and I would like. I don't know if you even know this, Pops, but there was like weeks where we didn't talk to each other. Yeah. And it wasn't out of like anger or no. resentment or anything. No. It was just like we were on such different yeah. levels at that yeah. time that we were just like, this is weird. Yeah. And we would, <laughs> we would realize strange. it. Like we'd, we'd talk to each other. Like even because smartphones and, and WhatsApp and stuff were there, but we didn't use it as much. And you hated it. I hated it. it. <laughs> My first smartphone was when I came back to Belgium. Yeah, so yeah. I was still working on like the shitty pseudo Blackberry kind of thing. Um, and like Facebook and stuff. So we'd send like messages to each other every now and then, but there were times where we would talk, we'd just be like, it's literally been like five weeks since we've talked to each other. We were just in different places. We were just each doing our own thing. Yeah. You were figuring out work and your relationship with Ellen and I was doing my college thing. And I was, yeah. you know, and we were each like, you know, kicking ass and taking names. Yeah, yeah. And then I came back to Belgium and then, and then I was thrown in the deep end with no floaties, yeah, yeah. immediately responsible for teenagers, yeah. hundreds of teenagers at a time. And then I kind of figured out my own, our own way. And then I think, actually, ironically, I think that, and we've said it before, is that this podcast has reinvigorated a part of our relationship that hasn't been around for a while. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Which is awesome. Like, yeah, I yeah. love it. It's, it's fantastic. Also, because of COVID, like, you come back and, and it's just like, you're so much more appreciative of what there is yeah, than yeah. what you had before. Because especially in our life, you take those times and those distances kind of for granted. You're like, they'll be over at one point. Like, it'll be... It'll be done yeah, at some yeah. point. There's an end point, but now there's no real end point. So we take advantage of every every situation that we have. So speaking so, of building and rebuilding relationships, after the military, yeah, you're in Belgium. What happens? I'm at university. Uh, two year, two years in Brussels and three years in Leuven. Uh, the first two years, mom and dad were still there. Um, we were living in Mesa. I was at university in Brussels. This was the VUB? No, it was St. Alvizius, if so. It's oh. now called the KUB, Catholic University. It's part of the University of Leuven, but it's the okay. campus is in Brussels. Um, and that was the, the, the quote-unquote bachelor degree in law. And then went to Leuven for the uh, master's degree, the LLB. Um, and when, we were in, when I was in Leuven, that was the exact uh, the same summer. Mom and dad moved to Guatemala. Oh, yeah, true. Um, they lived in Guatemala. They lived in Guatemala from 82 yeah. to 85. Um, 
And those were the three years that I was at University of Leuven. Yeah. Um, and living in the house in Mason. Yeah. By yourself. With my All sister. Yeah, with Fonsophie. And we right. each had a car. Yeah. And so we had the house and the car. Yeah. But yeah, uh, and we were at, at University <laughs> in Leuven. It was it was it was comfortable. Yeah, yeah. I can say that. Good time. Uh, Mom had a spy, uh, the cleaning lady. Oh <laughs> snap, Jenny. Yeah, the information Jenny. gatherer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, which and is, the cleaning lady is a good spy. And too. the cleaning yeah. lady would come on Tuesdays. That was yeah. years and years and years. The cleaning lady came on Tuesdays. Ever since we started living there, we started living there in 1971, and I think she retired. <laughs> I think she retired after mom died, so it was, you know, 90... 90 and still a while after that. 96 or 97 that I Jenny, still remember Jenny retired. Jenny. Yeah. yeah. So she was there for 25 years yeah. every Tuesday. Yeah. Every Tuesday. So my sister and I would have parties on Tuesday nights. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Give yourself a week to clean up the house. Exactly. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Not on Monday nights. No, no, no. When no. she would have yeah, to clean up the house. The right, right, right. No, Tuesday yeah, nights. Tuesday nights. Yeah, yeah. There we go. Yeah, and then now there was the cleaning talking. lady that figured out that you smoked, that you smoked cigarettes? No, that was my grandmother, but this oh, yeah, was okay. a lot earlier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This was when I was at, at, at high school and boarding yeah. school and I was going to my grandmother's house on the weekends. Yeah. Just, you know how she cities. figured it out. Did I ever tell yeah, you Yeah, yeah, I know, I know how. I'm waiting for you to tell yeah. the story. <laughs> She would do my laundry, um, and one day she said, you smoke. And I said, no, I don't. Yeah, of course. <laughs> and I was like 16. <laughs> yes, you do. I said, no, I don't. Yes, you do. I can smell it. Your right pocket smells of cigarettes when I iron it. <laughs> when, when I go the hot iron over the right, the humid right, oh, wow. yeah. the humid pair of You jeans didn't know this? Over the right pocket, the, the smell of cigarettes comes yeah. up from the jeans, and yeah. so therefore you smoke. Oh, Didn't you even had your hand in your right pocket? Right. No, because I would put my hand. In, yeah, I would yeah, put yeah. my hands in my pockets, but I would smoke yeah. with my right hand. So right, this was yeah. always there was always a smell of nicotine yeah, on that yeah, pocket, yeah. and it was stuck in my pocket all yeah. the time. When I wasn't smoking, Cunning. it was stuck in my pocket. Didn't even wow. find cigarettes. Didn't no, 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 no. just no, just yeah. the smell of the pocket. Yeah, yeah. God yeah. damn. No, so we're okay. University living three years, nineteen eighty-five. Yeah, yep. And, and then, then you finish your studies. Yep. And then you find a job. Well, yeah. Um, I, I got an internship at the foreign ministry. Okay. Um, it was a, a, a paid internship, a one-year one paid internship mm -hmm. with, in the spokesman's office. Okay. You always told me that that was the weirdest, that that was a strange moment in your life where you graduate uni. And you're just like, you have the paper and you're just like, huh. Oh, man. It's, it's, it's well, first of all, the, my, my graduation party I don't know if I've ever told you this story. My graduation party was the night of Live Aid. Oh, that's you a good did. Yeah. yeah, in Mesa, yeah, in Mesa with yeah. the television in the backyard. We had, we had we had five or six TV sets yeah. set nice. up all over the yard, and damn. I had you know, like uh, two hundred people. Whoa. God damn! In that good all party. over the house, yeah. and, and we had Live Aid running on all the televisions. Really that, good I, party. I, had, I didn't have to work for a DJ. Didn't have to do anything. Yeah, yeah. Everybody you, was just watching Live Aid. Nice. It was you know yeah. fifteen minutes. That Changed music. Queen, so you watched the Queen, Queen live? Yep. Holy oh, We watched it on the TV. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't live. It was on the TV. Yeah, yeah. But still, but it was good. Queen. It was Elton John. It As was, was happening. Ah, what's the first song on Live Aid? The very first song. Status quo, rocking all over the world. Ah, there you go. <laughs> there you go. The only fact, funny fact that I know about Live Aid was that Phil Collins was the only one who was at both. Yes. He did the show uh, yes. at Wembley and then flew to Philadelphia flew the to Concord. do it there. Flew the Concord yeah. to oh, Philadelphia. Oh, yeah, there you yeah. go. 
There you I, go. I think of that the Bob Geldof line so much. Give us your fucking money. Yeah. Just the simplicity of it. I think about it so often. Yeah. Like when we're putting pitches together, I'm like, this just give us your fucking money. Yeah, you, should actually, you should actually put that as a gif at the end of your pitch. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Just Bob Geldof. Like wh- however, whatever you think of the man, that was brilliant. Yeah, that yeah. Was, that yeah, it was. was. It was. And anyway, no, so I I graduate college and I'm thinking, okay, I got this job at the ministry. Let's let's do this job at the ministry for a year. It's fine. Yeah. Um it's my favorite age though if they ask me what what age would you like to go oh, okay. back to you know that's a yeah, good okay. question to ask people what age would you like yeah, to go back yeah. to yeah. you know some people say when i'm eight or when i'm right, right. 15 me it's 26 oh, yeah you've got a university degree yeah you've got earning potential yeah. you have no responsibilities you don't own anything there's right. nobody in your life right no no wife no kids not that that's not great. No, no, but, you but know, yeah, of course. It's it's you're 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 there, and you can think about only yourself, and you yeah, have yeah, all yeah. the tools. Or you've you've gotten you've got all your tools, yeah. And all you have to think about is yourself. Yeah. Take me back to when I was twenty six. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Also, yeah, it's new. Yeah. I wonder if that's if that's like because me as well. Like it's also the early twenties. Like I think it. Like of course, like Tanzania and stuff that was phenomenal. But I think that the place where I really felt comfortable with what I was doing and and like feeling like I was actually achieving something was probably my years in college because I was just doing so much like with, with the, the subjects that I was following, I was really enjoying it, learning a lot of stuff, learning stuff in, in a way that I had never felt like I was learning it before. Like when I was in, in high school or something, like, of course you're learning things, but I was doing it because I had to, not because I wanted to. Yeah. And then I think also like now, if you come to, to the 26 now, I think 26 year olds these days, I think it's a different different kind of feeling. I think it's going to be I think a different, every generation has well, it. Probably, yeah, no, yeah, but I mean, yeah, I, I, twenty six was the age I was at that point. Yeah, you, right. You have your right, degree. Right. Yeah, you have yeah. your degree, but you don't have a, a relationship yet, or, or right, right. Or, and you have you have all the tools and no responsibilities. Yeah, that's that's yeah, the thing. Yeah. Whatever age that is, I mean, right, it, right. No, it's true. It's true. It, it's some true. people, the, the the guy who gets a a, a doctor. A yeah. medical doctor is 32 by the time yeah, he's yeah, at, right. at that it's point. True. You know, it's when true. he's done his specialization. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and somebody who doesn't go to college is 19 yeah. when he's at that point. You yeah. know, yeah. It, it, it's true. But it, it's true. There's the, a the moment in your is, life the, where the you have... Is, you know, you yeah, have... You're right, you're you're, right, you're, right. You're, you're you're done. You're you're done educating yourself. Yeah. You're, you're starting work. Right. And you have no burdens. Yeah. None whatsoever. The only burden you have is to be at the office or at your work whenever you have to be there to do the job. And if you're lucky, you get to do a job that you like. Yeah. Even better. Yeah. And And did you enjoy the job from the get-go? Like the internship that you had to do? Yeah, the internship was in the spokesman's office. Sure. I mean, I made one mistake. Um, There was a a guy from the Associated Press who called me up and asked for our reaction about I don't know what. And he put me on the first page of the International Herald (laughs) Tribune in the same line as with... I'm learning so much today. In the same line as François Mitterrand. So François Mitterrand and Peter Maddens, a (laughs) foreign ministry spokesman, said... And they were so mad at me for that. They were so <laughs> pissed at me for that. Did you at least say the Amazing. right thing? Like what yeah, you yeah, said yeah. was a fuck. This yeah. is that, and that was my that was my defense. Yeah. Everybody said, but I didn't say anything wrong. Yeah, right. Said, yeah, yeah, but right. you weren't supposed to be the one oh, yeah, you know, saying. <laughs> I had a moment like that. I can't talk about that yet, though. Oh, okay. No, I'm not gonna. I'm not. You guys know about this. I just can't talk about it. So yeah. yeah. Anyway, that's. Um, yeah. So that's yeah, amazing. I enjoyed that job, and then yeah. you know, um, at the end of that year, I, I I started preparing for the foreign service exam, and took six months to prepare for the foreign service exam, and yeah. by by what was it? Um, March of 1980. 
Seven. Seven. Um, I passed the Foreign Service exam, and they let they allowed me to start the traineeship in October of nineteen eighty seven. Nice. In the meantime, I'd met your mom because yeah. she was also working at the Foreign Ministry. Before we get into the responsibilities and the people joining you, I think this is a good place to end part yeah. one. Yeah, let's give a little break Before here. we go into the second chapter yeah. of your life. So this is the end of part one, guys. Listen to the next episode to get chapter two where dad uh, has his wonderful and amazing talented sons. Yeah. Uh, and, oh, yeah. and just uh, really life things only up gets better bit. from there. <laughs> that's, that's, all it, that's all that happens when you're uh-huh. <laughs> so are we gonna are we gonna cut it off here? Or we're just gonna do yeah. this as a first episode. Well, I'm just giving you the option. Oh yeah, okay. So either cool. we can cut this out or yeah.